This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, uh, Matt, we're going over some different lists uh, on the, around the NFL. Um, that's, it's the list kind of time of year uh, as teams uh, get ready for their rookie mini camps and all that stuff. Of course, the Steelers will have their rookie mini camp this weekend. That'll be Friday and Saturday. Get their first opportunity to take a look at some of their, uh, some of their new toys to play with. And uh, Matt Bowen on ESPN did a article best team fits for the top rookies, perfect landing spots and mid round steals with early impact potential. Mm, okay. Um, so I like Matt's work a lot. Yeah. He picked out his top 10 favorite picks uh, for the draft and where they landed at their and fits one, and yeah. schematics. And for people who don't know, Bowen was a safety um, tough guy, special teamer stuck around the league longer than his talents would have suggested. He now hosts the NFL matchup show with Greg Cosell, ESPN. He's also a high school coach in Iowa where he's from real into it. And I, and I like his takes a lot on the league film guy. Yeah. Uh, so his number one guy is the 10 rookies who landed on the perfect team. Number one, he has a mod Garner Gardner landing with the jets. Hmm. I guess, well, there's two things on that is I've always thought, this Salah Jets type defense is based on front four pressure, you know, Bosa, D Ford, Buckner, Armstead, all those Niner types that they went to the Super Bowl with. Yeah. And I was a little shocked they took corner over edge when the, the opportunity presented itself. But there's also big ties there to big, long Pete Carroll, Seattle like corners. And I'm guessing that's where Bowen's going with that. Yeah, and he's another one of those guys. We talked about Derek Stingley earlier in the show who could potentially be a number one true lockdown cornerback. Yes, and I didn't put grades on players or anything, but if I were grading this draft class, I think he'd have got my highest grade. Yeah, I, I'm with you there as well. In fact, I think he and Stingley might have been one and two. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, number two is Traylon Burks. I don't know that I agree with him on this one. Middle of the field after the catch. I, get I assume, it. yeah, but he's not—he's not an accomplished route runner. Is he yeah. going to—is he going to sell that crossing pattern super well, or team's just going to sit on it? And then what's he going to do? See, I didn't love the player coming out. Like, I, I don't think I would have taken him at twenty. Um, I do think that you'll see some end arounds that'll make you know, the Derrick Henry stuff harder to deal with, you know, and I do think you can hit him on a slant after play action and shrug off a corner and he'll have some big plays. So I guess the landing spot is fine. But while he learns, but that's the key is while he, while he learns, yeah, (laughs) right. There's a lot to learn there. I mean, you took him 18th, right? He's kind of like the Malik Willis of receivers yeah they traded up to go get Traylon burks i i you know i don't know and moved on from aj brown right you know. he Number, ain't aj brown yeah the third one on here is cave on thibodeau hmm i guess i could buy that i mean yeah no he's wink, not the biggest guy he's yeah wink martindale is the is the new defensive coordinator with the giants mm-hmm. so he's blitz he's blitz heavy um 
He'll be a little more 3-4 outside linebacker as opposed to 4-3 D end right. in New York, which I think is good for him. I mean, and he's not going to be the type of guy that kicks inside on throwing downs. He's a explode off the edge type of player. And yeah, I think let him, let let him, him do that. Let him stand up and rush the passer. Plus, Ojolari is a nice bookend. That's true. That is I mean, true. That, that helps us transition a little yeah. bit, too. Uh, his fourth guy is James Cook with the with the Bills. I get it. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but I guess it came out recently that the Bills put a serious offer in for Christian McCaffrey. Carolina turned him down, and it's probably less than you'd think McCaffrey goes for because nobody pays for running backs. Right. But then they signed McKissick, who I think is a great receiving back. So what I'm going with here is they've had but a then plan. Washington, Washington outbid them for McKissick. Outbid him or he yeah. just changed his mind. Like so now they, they went instead and drafted Cook, who's a receiving they're all receiving backs. Like this is a plan that they're clearly trying to implement. And on their third swing, they finally hit the, hit the ball, you know I mean? So there's a plan in place. There's a new offensive coordinator. He's an explosive weapon. I, I don't think they're going to line up with cook a fullback and two tight ends and pound the football. You know, he's going to play in space there. And that makes sense. It, that, that pick kind of reminds me of Edward Solaire going to Kansas city two years ago. Dude, that's so funny you said that because, and I know you have not listened to my podcast. I, I did not know because it came live like as we were talking. I said the exact same thing this morning <laughs> when I broke that. I broke down the AFC East draft and I said, this feels like Buffalo after their corner pick, Buffalo's drafting punters and, you know, receiving backs. It's almost like we're the Chiefs. We're so good. We don't need anything anymore. That doesn't always work, you know, like they didn't right. draft any linemen, you know, it was all like, we, we always need this, the cherry on top, but yeah, you know, that's a rough way to play in this league. I still like their roster, but they still, oh, yeah. they, they still do play half their games in Buffalo. Right. And if you ignore <laughs> the trenches for a whole draft class, you know, like, yeah, I mean, James Cook's not going to help you close out games either. Right. It is true. We do share a brain. That's, <laughs> that's pretty funny you brought that up. I said the exact same thing. It's like, boy, this reminds me of the title edge or Solaire pick. Uh, next up on the list is Jordan Davis to the Eagles. They love big guys. And Jordan, he can, like, Jordan Davis to anybody would have been. A yeah. Perfect I <laughs> and we talked about this a lot going up the draft. I mean, he's not just a plugger. I think he's going to be at his best exploding off the snap and be, you know I, using initial quickness and they'll allow him to do that. I do think the thing that helps him there is that they don't need him to be an every down player. I was about to say that they have four defensive tackles, right? They'll rotate those guys and keep him fresh. Yep. I mean, even if he's on the field for a long series, then he'll take the next series off or, right. you know, Hargrave Fletcher. It's great for Fletcher Cox too. Fletcher yeah. Cox is a winner in this. Absolutely. Yeah. And remember Milton Williams, they drafted. Yeah. Was a nice player. Athlete. Yeah. 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 Good project too. Uh, next up is Kyle Hamilton with the Ravens. I guess. I mean, like we talked about this in a previous segment. You know, what, what is Mike McDonald? I assume it's more of the same Ravens stuff. You know, they're like the Steelers. They don't change too much. Right. Um, but he gets to play next to Marcus Williams, which is nice for him. He'll it is. A, he'll have a defined role. I always forget the dude's name that's a strong safety there, though. Johnny Clark. Yeah, he kind of got the short end of the stick on this one. I think he's the green dot guy. Yeah. So, yeah, you take Kyle Hamilton because he's the best player on the board. But Chuck Clark is really good. Yeah, he's a good player. There's, mm -hmm. I mean, so I, I don't know. 
Uh, Devin Lloyd with the Jaguars. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good fit or not. I know. I, I, I know it's a good. I know it's a good fit for what Jacksonville needed, which was a defensive quarterback. Yeah. I mean, getting Devin Lloyd at 27 overall, I think is where he went is fine by me and trading up to get him is fine by me. And this isn't a Lloyd problem, but I find it odd that the team with the first pick in the draft, that was the worst team in the league last year, their off season included the linebacker from the Falcons, a whose name I'm saying wrong. Yeah. Right. Trading up for Lloyd. And then two rounds later drafting Chad Mooma. Like do you need three off the ball linebackers? <laughs> That are all pretty good, you know. Like, yeah, that's odd to me. It, it is very odd. I think their whole offseason was kind of odd for them. Yeah, there's a lot of overpaying and weird. Yeah, I don't know what the plan was. Uh, next on his list is Alec Pierce with the Colts. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, they don't want, I mean, Hilton's fine, but this regime wants big body blockers, physicality, Jonathan Taylor's offense. Matt Ryan will put the ball up for Pierce. I was always a Pierce fan. Like if the Steelers took Pierce the second round, I'd have been fine with it. The Steelers pick pick Pickett or Pickens, George Pickens at Mm -hmm. 52. Do you think if, if the Steelers had not taken Pickens, the Colts take him at 53 or do they stay with Pierce? Tough one. Because I think a lot of it is how comfortable are you with Pickens as a person? That's the key. Yeah. That's, that's the answer. I don't know but I will answer it this way. I bet they were, had no hesitation taking Pierce at 53. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're very, very, si- they're very similar that. type players, actually. Pickens is more fluid. It is more yeah. naturally talented, but they're big, strong down the big, field strong. Players. They'll block. Yeah. They'll do all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Productive. And I think all their best footballs ahead of them too. Yeah. The next guy on his list is somebody I think would have fit in anywhere. I, again, I think he was one of the safer picks in this draft and that's Trent McDuffie. To the mm. Chiefs. Yeah, that's a good one. But he feeds he go to he, his own heavy team, yeah. man heavy team. He's exactly what both. they needed, though. Yeah, that's a really good pick for them. They traded yeah. up for him. Yeah, I mean, they need another quality first contract guy, and he will be exactly that. To me, either he or Dax Hill were the guy. If, if I'm the Steelers at 20 and I don't go quarterback, yeah. I'm taking McDuffie or Hill. And I, I didn't think very McDuff- happy with either. I didn't think McDuffie would be there when the Steelers. I didn't either. I didn't either. And again, yeah. he's he is a safe safe pick. I mean, on our top twenty lists, I think I had McDuffie at like eleven, twelve, or like thirteen, something yeah. like that. Like Jordan Davis was ahead of him. Jamison Williams was ahead of him. Yeah. And the only thing he didn't others. have that the top two cornerbacks had was the size. He's mm-hmm. he's a couple inches shorter. Other than that. He can play. He can play, and he can actually play the slot. And I don't know that you want either one of those two. You know, you don't want Stingley or, or uh, no, no playing in the slot. So right. McDuffie is to me is more of a chess piece type cornerback. Mm-hmm. It would shock me if he's not good. Like I'm not saying yeah. he's going to ten Pro Bowls, but it would shock me if he's not a good player. Yeah, I I agree 100. Uh, the final guy on his top from his top guys, the first two round guys, uh, was Jaquan Brisker to the Bears. Well, again, I just praised Bowen, but Bowen is a safety and I think he's a Chicago guy. So I'm sure he loved this and Brisker is easy to like. And I bet just knowing the way Bowen evaluates players, Brisker's right up his alley. And I'm yeah. not sure he would have not, he would have fit anywhere too. 
Right. No, no doubt. It does. It is a nice fit for him with Eddie Jackson, though. Yeah. Good point. Good point. You I mean, can, everyone's killing them for not getting a receiver with their first two picks, but they got two good defensive backs that are going to be good players. Yeah. Uh, n- next is next part of this list is value picks who could have an early impact. Hmm. First guy on his list is Desmond Ritter. 100%. 100%. He may win the job in week one. Yeah, he could be their starter from day one. And it's, if they're one and seven, he's going to play, even if Mariota's okay. Absolutely. It's just going to happen, you know. The second guy on his list is Damian Pierce with the Texans. Mm, I've been doing some dynasty rookie drafts. I just finished <laughs> one, and I've been, I've been attacking him. And he's rocketing up boards. He's a good player. I think he's David Montgomery. Yeah, I agree. That, that's that's good for Houston. Uh Here's another Falcons pick on here. D'Angelo Malone, their uh, third round, 82nd pick. Interesting. If they could get a little bit of pass rush out of Malone and Evichetti, both of whom are probably rotational designated pass rush types. Yeah. But boy, I mean, their pass rush was there, by far there's a, the worst. A clear path to playing for, for D'Angelo Malone. Right, 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 right. <laughs> just like London, just like yeah. Evichetti, you know, just like Ritter. Atlanta quietly did some good things with their picks. Uh, his next guy on here is Charlie Kohler, the tight end really? for the Ravens. I don't see that. I thought he was overdrafted, to be honest with you. He's a blocking tight end. Yeah. I mean, he's big. He, you know, they, they like to throw to tight ends. I don't know. I mean, is he going to be second on the depth chart even? I mean, yeah. we know who one is going to be. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure that one. Uh, and his final guy on here, and love the player, I think, but I think he's a project, is Tariq Woolen. He went to Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, fifth round to Seattle. Quick Seattle note, they took the Noah's Ark. A couple of these teams took the Noah's Ark uh, approach to drafting. They took two tackles. They took two edge rushers. They took two corners. Two zebras, two lions, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but what I liked what they did at corner because they took Kobe Bryant, who's not a high upside swing for the fences, but he can play right away. He plays right away. He's good. He's been a number two opposite a star, won the award for best corner in the country. And then you roll the dice on the big, long, hopefully Richard Sherman type guy, you know? So I, I thought that was a good approach. I mean, even if he doesn't play a down this year. But to me, Woolen is a, I mean, he could be a tremendous hit. Yeah. He was the Malik Willis of cornerbacks this year. 100%. No doubt. Yeah, the, the, the traits are, are ridiculous. Probably shouldn't play this year. But probably should not play a down this year. You, but, take, you take the Ike Taylor approach with him. But if I'm Woolen's agent, I don't know that I can find a better landing spot, which is probably where Bowen's going with that. I think so, yeah. Right. Big off-man you know, corner, play downhill. You know, cover three. If right. Pete Carroll's there in two years. I mean, the man is in his right. 70s now, you know. So Right. But he's a scheme fit, that's for sure. Yeah. And no he doubt. probably won't get thrown in the mix too early, you know. Yeah. No, that's a good list. Bowen does good work. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, you know, I, I think there you, you might have been able to put a, a, a Steeler player or two on the, a list like that's that. That's what I was about to ask you is who's the best Steeler one? I might go with Austin. I was just going to say Austin myself. Yeah. Just for scheme fit and all that. What you know? they want to do. They want, you know, put it this way. Ray Ray McLeod had a defined role last year. Right. Now you're they, taking they a player, player who's, right. who's way better than Ray Ray McLeod and you're putting him in a similar role. 
And I think he can run out routes and go routes and in break. You know, he can run the whole tree. Too. He's an I actual think- receiver. He's not a gadget a- guy. Exactly. Um, I don't have a problem with the, the Leal pick, but he would be my last selection. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Schematically. Schematically, you know? yes. They don't really, they haven't had somebody quite like him, you know, traditionally. Yeah. Now we'll see if he's able to put the weight on him. When he, when he sat down mm-hmm. with us at the draft, he said he was 298 when he, you know, when he arrived on campus at Texas A&M. Um, Fine with that. All right. You know, yeah. if he can do that and, and keep the explosiveness, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I still look at his body type. He, everything about him reminds me of Lamar Woodley. Hmm. I've never seen Woodley live in terms of body type. They're just like these thick, Mm -hmm. heavily built guys. It sure isn't Kiso or Aaron Smith. No. Woodley Woodley didn't look like any of the other Steeler linebackers, outside linebackers that they had ever drafted. They were all a a little bit longer, a little bit leaner. Whereas Woodley was built like a four, three defensive end. Yeah. Square. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I see what you're saying. Yeah, length is not Leal's thing. It's and not like he's, he's got short, stubby arms. Yeah, just, he's just he he's happens to be three six, six. three inches taller than what Woodley was. Okay, so no, that, I understand that. Yeah, and frankly, and he's done it. If Leal drop drop ten pounds, maybe he could be Woodley. Perhaps I I don't think that's the direction. I think he's a natural inside. I, I, I think he's better inside than out. Yeah, I think it's 285 pounds is his natural weight. That's kind of my point with this whole thing. Like I see what you're saying. Okay. I think he could I think he can add the weight. I don't know that he could get any leaner. Like they did that with Mike Vrabel when they had Vrabel and Vrabel could went mm-hmm. up and down, you know, put on 15 pounds this year, let the next year they have him lose 15 pounds. Based on, you know, which is easier when you're 18, 19 than when you're 24, 25. Right. Or, and they, they just never figured out what they wanted to do with him. Had they taken him and made him Brett Kiesel from the beginning, mm-hmm. I think he would have been fine. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's easy to say it's obvious that it's easier for most to add weight as they get older, you know, especially as a 48 year old sitting over here in my basement <laughs> than the other way around, you know, Correct. And, yeah. and we both sat there with Liao. I mean, he, He's got a good body type. You know, you mentioned yeah. the Woodley body type, but he is naturally thickly built, not yeah. a lot of fat on him, you know. Right. No, you can you tell don't want him trimming good weight. Yeah, you can tell he's a strong guy. I mean, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, that was the list uh, from uh, Matt Bowen on ESPN.com. Uh, Matt, that's going to do it for our show today. When we come back on Friday, we will be all about breaking down the Steelers schedule and the NFL schedule as well. Yep, and then you, uh, I, and Mike Pursuit are sh- doing a show Thursday night, too. We are, to, to break down. Break so we'll do an hour special. Uh, I'm sure you can hear that on here as well. Uh, the the, uh, the hour-long special breaking down the schedule is you'll get our immediate thoughts on it. Like, yeah, we'll, very cool. We'll get the schedule, and boom, we'll talk about it. So it'll be our, you know, our, our immediate thoughts. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's show. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, I am Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.